What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the RBC Heritage 2021 DraftKings Picks and Preview Show. We are the Tour Junkies. I am David Barnett, your host with Pat Perry, my lovely co-host, rocking the uh, Savannah Banana shirt. Praise God for that. Um, uh, yeah. We're ready to go. It's Masters. The it's the Monday after Masters, which, you know what? Honestly, we've been doing this six years. It's one of the toughest Mondays uh, of every single year. But I will say, Pat, I'm excited about the about the Heritage because this I am is too. probably the strongest field I think we've ever seen at the Heritage. It's, it's very mm-hmm. exciting. I'm looking forward to watching it. You got a lot of guys sticking around here to play the PGA in a couple weeks, so they're not going to go back to, to you know wherever they're from. You got all the RBC guys, and it's just one of those events every year on the PJ Tour that all the players say they love going to. Um, so I am actually looking forward to it. I am too. Now, here's here's something that I think could happen tonight. Uh, it's been a busy day. Obviously, we also have the Postmasters hangover going on, and you're catching up on some of the things you didn't do at your actual jobs. Uh, yeah. And now here we are. Yeah. We're talking about the heritage and stuff like that. And um, I haven't really gotten a chance to pay attention because we do get some withdrawals today, okay? I may have seen one, but there is potential that I'm going to talk about a player for like two minutes, and then, or maybe you'll just cut me off and say that player withdrew, and I would appreciate you doing that. I don't know what the odds are on me mentioning a player that has withdrawn, but it, it could have happened. It could happen tonight. So. Yeah, as of now, the only people who have withdrawn withdrew early, and that's Joel Damon, Bryson DeChambeau, and Steve Stricker. So as of the okay. time recording right. that this, that's all we've got. So DJ still is in the field. He has not withdrawn. Yeah, people I think like DJ's going to stick around. I mean, he's an RBC guy. No, he's, a, he's an RBC guy. So, yeah. As always, we're presented by our friends at Fantasy National. If you did not have Fantasy National for the masters you probably lost money let's just be honest you did and you know what it's your fault it's on you you should sit yourself in a corner maybe have your wife slap you in the face like i did last week yeah uh you should do a lot of things you should you should potentially just put yourself in jail um for not having fantasy national for the biggest major of the year and for the rest of the year because fantasynational.com is where you go to get all your stats all your golf stats if you want accurate data from the PGA Tour and all the worldwide golf events, strokes gain data, um, recent, recent results, tournament history, lineup optimizers and builders for DFS, matchup tools if you're betting matchups. FantasyNational.com slash TJ is where you go to get it done. You get 20% off of any membership level that you choose there. Weekly, monthly, or annual memberships are available. And if you flip-flop, flip-flop between one, you get to keep the 20% off discount. So you can start out with a weekly membership, play around with it, see what you think, and then turn it into that year-long membership. You know, that's what you're going to want anyway. It's the best value, and all the data is provided to them by PJ Tour and ShotLink, so you know it's accurate information. There's a lot of other imposter sites out there, and they don't have that same license uh, agreement that Fantasy National has. So check it out. FantasyNational.com slash TJ gets you the 20% off. Let them know the Tour Junkies sent you. We would appreciate it. Now, we do have some. Uh, we we want to do a little bit of a Masters recap. We tend to not spend a lot of time recapping the previous week's event, but we're going to do that a little bit. We got some winners to announce, though, Pat. Um, we we did a yeah. some YouTube contest stuff going on. Let me run through that real quick. The miss cuts, biggest name to miss the cut. Dustin Johnson, I think, was the biggest name. He was the odds-on favorite. He was the defending champion. He's Dustin Johnson. The first three that I saw were John Farr, Adam Hertz, and Tony W. Uh, 
Uh, that was on YouTube. Those are your YouTube names. So if that's you on YouTube, you need to email info at tourjunkies.com. Let us know who you is, and we will send you three a flag from the Masters 2020. Favorite Masters memory was Lance Balcombe. Lance Balcombe, you get a shirt and a flag. You need to email info at tourjunkies.com with your shirt size, shipping information. I, his Masters memory was funny to me. He, uh, the first ever outright bet he ever hit was in 2012 when Bubba Watson won. But what made it funny is his dad, he was watching with his dad, and his dad had an outright bet on Louie in the playoff. So they, they spent the whole afternoon watching and battling it out together. And obviously the son oh, ended up, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, did we, re- did we remember to count the, the flags and stuff that we had to make sure we're not over, yeah. over delivering here? Yeah, yeah I think we're good. I think we're good. I know there were some questions to that in the, in the last show. Yeah. And then we have one lucky winner for uh, the subscribing, just being a subscriber. And that is a shirt and flag as well. You need to email us info at tourjunkies.com. And the, the name on YouTube is Spazbite. And actually, actually, Spaz or Spaz. Oh, I think Spazbit. he's in, in this. Yeah. Uh, Spazbit is in the chat right now. Hey, good for you. Thanks for uh, being engaged and subscribing and all that. Everybody should be more like Spazbite, honestly, um, is, what you should, is what you should be like. You should be subscribing. You should be commenting. You should be here live. You should be you should doing all spaz. the things. Yeah. Just be a Spaz. Be a TJ Spaz. Yeah. So thank you to, to those folks and everybody who... Took in all the content last uh, last week. It was a lot. We appreciate it. A lot of fun. It's a great tournament. Um, now we also mentioned that we were giving away our clubs uh, in that contest. Now we announced the winner on last week's show, and the winner has not shown themselves. It's been tweeted. It has been uh, it has been stated on the show, and we still have heard nothing. So I have asked Pat to choose a new uh, iTunes review. I got to choose the first one. We let Pat choose the this one, so I, I haven't seen it yet. But I don't know if producer Sam has the the, the image. Can we bring that up and see who this who this person is? Uh, oh, yeah. There we go. Best fantasy golf pod. This is the best fantasy golf podcast out there. DB and Pat play off each other seamlessly. The analysis is more thorough and entertaining than the competition. Eh, I don't know about the first part. It is also <laughs> evident that the guys love the game of golf. That is true. Their fans and their show also true. They are always looking for new ways to interact with their listeners on social media. Mm-hmm. Additionally, during the pandemic, the content of the show helped me stay in touch with my buddies and even helped me reconnect with my retired father who lives and breathes golf. A plus. Man, I love that. That's fantastic. That is great. Just helping, just rekindling folks. Uh, Now that is by Butts with three T's. B-U-T-T-T-Z. If you are said Butts, you, sir, have won our golf clubs. And we would appreciate you emailing info at tourjunkies.com letting us know. And uh, we'll get those shipped out to you as soon as possible because our wives are tired of looking at our, our clubs uh, yeah. sitting there ready to go. So do that. Other quick announcement. Nut Hut winner was A.R. Higgs. Very popular Nut Hut member. I've uh, been in there mm, a long time. Appreciate yes. A.R. Higgs. 497.5 DraftKings points. If you're not in the Nut Hut, not sure what you're doing, it is the place to go. The Nut Hut was popping last week. Tons of great info in there. Intel. Uh, we have our weekly PGA Tour caddy who gets in there and types out what he thinks of the golf course every week and how it's setting up and what he thinks you need to look for in terms of betting or playing DraftKings. That happens every week in the Nut Hut. It's the only place I know of where you're going to get that straight from a PGA Tour caddy. Oh, yeah, another fringe benefit of the Nut Hut, you get 20% off all your Tour Junkie shop purchases, which you should do. We got new hats in there. We got all kinds of golf towels. It's that season. Gear up. Get the 20% off discount. It's only $10 a month to be a member or $90 a year. Trust me. 
Tons of friendships are being made. Laughter. It's a great time. Good golf betting, DraftKings advice, among other things. NBA, Major League Baseball, football, NHL, also in there. So go to tourjunkies.com, check out Golby's Nut Hut, and join today. What are you even doing? And if you win the Listener League competition at the end of the year, we're going to bring your butt to Augusta or Savannah to play golf with me and Pat. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. Uh, one last announcement. We will not be doing content for the Zurich next week. I know everybody's, everybody's probably heartbroken, but me and Pat are going to be uh, doing other things over the weekend. We're going to be playing TPC Sawgrass on Monday, so I'm pretty pumped about that. You should see yes. ample social media content uh, on our Instagram. Especially on 17, right? Especially I mean, we're going to have to do something to. on 17. You got to. At tour underscore junkies on Instagram and Twitter. If you're not already following, you should be. We're playing TBC Sawgrass on Monday. It's a very big day for us. It's an important day for us, playing with some important people. And then we're going to be driving back. Uh, I'm going to be driving back like four and a half hours. Pat's going to be driving back to Savannah. And it's the Zurich. It's the worst DraftKings event of the year for sure. Um, so just, you know, we're just not going to do it. We're going to take the chance to have a week off. We've been we going. We need a break, we too. Let's just, I mean, we need a break. You guys need the us to have a break. You need us fresh honestly yeah um so we'll come back right after that and everything will be right back rolling rocking and rolling the nut hut will still be open if you want to holler in the nut hut i'm sure there'll be some action going on in there who knows we may throw some bets out there on social media or something um so there you go that's the zurich announcement speaking of bets a lot of people want to know did anybody take hideki matsuyama to win the masters Hideki Masuyama! I believe he was on a card that everyone might should care about. Yeah, they Even should. The, the title says they should they, they don't care about it. But maybe they should, because he was on there. And so was Xander, by the way. He was a fallback plan. But uh, we, we got Hideki, and I love it. Dude, props to you. Pat Perry hits the 55-1 to 1 Hideki Matsuyama outright bet for our ninth documented outright bet mm. since september plus one first round leader bet we are rocking and rolling and pat's betting card too is killing it my card is now up i think it's up 17 units and pat's card is up a lot of units i don't know um but listen a couple people have said where do we find pat's betting card well you know i write a whole article on mine pat doesn't he's doing other things so pat tweets his picks out every Wednesday, every Wednesday night, usually happens late at night on Wednesday. So you might want to turn your notifications on, but every Wednesday night, Pat will tweet out his outright selections for the week. And those are his favorite plays. And that's what he's got. They also go up in the nut hut. So if you're not in the nut hut, that's another reason why you're missing it. So if you're not on Twitter and you're not on the nut hut, then you're not following Pat's, not that anyone really cares betting card. And you should be, it's fire. And he's been You've been on a roll, buddy. We've been on a roll. It's been great. It's been good. Let me tell you this, too. I think we had a um, somebody tweet us or or listener. I don't know. But some people just play the, the, the card at, you know, they play it. You know, if they can fit it in as DraftKings plays for fantasy, they'll put it in there. And, and I think, as a matter of fact, I know the card last week uh, was oh, all – they all hit. They all made the cut for one, and you might have could, could have fit it into a team. I don't know. So you don't just have to bet it. I mean, if you look at both of our cards, and yeah. you don't bet or whatever, you're not in a state that you can bet in. Then just you know, those are plays we obviously like, so yeah. you can use them as DFS plays. It's not like it has to be a bet. Hundred percent. Yeah, we're and we find value in those, and so that's uh, yeah, that's a good good thought. Very good thought. 
it's it was good, man. It was a great Masters for us. We also won. We can't get into a whole lot of details, but we won a, a ton of money in a Masters pool. Thanks to Hideki and Xander and um, Brian Harmon and uh, Zalatoris. We had the top top three Zalatoris. There. We had Zalatoris. Um, so we we had a quite the day. It was quite the day for Tour Junkies. I, I've you know had a good DraftKings week. Uh, it was all good, man. Really good stuff. We had a lot of fun making the content last week and a ton of fun watching it. And you know what? I've always been a Hideki fan, so have you. Um, it was really good to see him do his thing and to learn a little bit more about him. My favorite moment was definitely his caddy bowing to the golf course. Uh, oh, and that then, was so good. And then it, and then outside for the for the green jacket presentation with Hideki, like smiling like we've never seen him smile, was fantastic. It was great to watch. Um, and yeah, I just woke up this morning. And I just started bowing this, this stuff. I, I woke up and I yeah, I was appreciative. One of my dogs I bowed to because I like that dog right now and I don't like the other one. And then my car, I was, I'm very, I walked out to my car yeah. to go to the gym. I'm like, I'm grateful for my car. I'm going to bow to my car. And yeah, uh, my you know sandwich. what I was bowing to is that it, my wife got up and, and took the kids to school and she left early. It was like 7 30 and I was going back to bed and she knew it. And she was like, okay, I hope you enjoyed going back to bed. And so I bowed at her and I'm like, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm going back to bed. Yes. And so that's what I did. That's what I did. And, and then she knows Masters Monday is, you know, it's a tough day for me. Yeah, man. So, the hangover uh, is real. Yeah, actually, I'm not even drinking yeah. tr- traditional podcast juice tonight. I'm just drinking, like, water with some Mio in it or whatever that stuff is. Just with a little yeah. flavor. I see you got a beer. I'm drinking, yeah, a little Wild Leap uh, beer, and I got some others here. I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating still. It's a good yeah. week, and um, I... I yeah. tell you what I did not bow to is I ate about four point nine pounds of uh very spicy buffalo chicken dip yesterday over the seven eight eight hours of watching coverage and today I'm mm-hmm. not grateful for that decision. So um anyway, the Masters was fantastic. There's so a every time you left the every time you left the toilet you didn't bow to the toilet. No, I Thank did not. Too. No, I, I was not yeah. thankful. It was a great event, and uh, the Masters is, is it's unlike any other, of course. And there's a whole lot of things we could talk about. By the way, so one, more, one more thing about Hideki. Mm-hmm. Did you see the stuff on social media today with him yes. going through the Atlanta airport with the green jacket? And he's just sitting there, like, looking at his phone. <laughs> he's got it draped over the seat yeah. next to him. Like, that was great. That's crazy. Like, that's uh, you know what? I would do that, too. If I want a damn green jacket, I'm wearing that thing all over the place. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of jackets, uh, I see Brian Halverson's in the chat asking about these hoodies that we got coming. They're 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 coming. Just stay tuned. That's another reason to join the Nut Hut. You get twenty percent off the hoodies that we're about to drop, which is going to be fire. And if you say, "Hey, why are you dropping hoodies in the spring?" Well, these are like lightweight, great golf hoodies. No drawstrings. Mm, um, I love that. The hoodies like it's kind of structured around the neck, so your hoodie's not flopping everywhere. They're literally they're by a golf company. They're fantastic. Um, Jordan Spieth was a thing. Will Zalatoris, my God. Uh, here, here, here's what we can do. If you're watching on YouTube, comment on, do you think Will Zalatoris wins a major in the next seven majors? So not so give it the three remaining this year and all four next year. Do you think Will Zalatoris wins a major? If, if you do, how many do you think? I mean, how, how crazy are we going to get here with the Will Zalatoris hype? It was pretty insane. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, am I really about to see a first-timer win this golf tournament for the first time since Fuzzy Zeller in the 70s? This is bananas. 
Uh, the kid's amazing. I will say this. I, I don't have the line pulled up in front of me at the moment, but I, I put this in the nut hut earlier today. So if you jumped on it then, good for you. Points bet has him at 60-1 to 1 to win the U.S. Open at uh, Torrey, which is a course that he just finished seventh at the Farmers. Obviously, Torrey's going to be set up a little different. Uh, and I'm sorry, not am I? No, I'm not right about that. What what golf course is the U.S. Open at this year? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it is Torrey. It is Torrey. You are right. I was confusing it with Pebble, but okay. Uh, Golf golf course. He finished seventh just a few months ago. He he's born and raised in California. Uh, Torrey fits his game. I I don't I don't know many places that won't fit his game, but he's sixty to one currently. DraftKings had him a little shorter at fifty to one. I could see that number getting shorter if you want some action. If you believe the Will's Al Torres hype. That's an interesting one. But in the YouTube comments, tell us, do you think, yes or no, is Will Zalatoris going to win a major in the next seven? If so, how many? And, or which one is he going to win? Put that in the comments. Yeah. It helps us out if you comment. It helps the tour junkies out. It's an easy way. It's a free way that you can help David and Pat and producer Sam and Chalk Bomb Ben. It's an easy way that you can help us all out. Comment yeah. on the YouTube Not channel. in the chat comments, but the other. Yes. The other things. Um, do you think he is more of a talent right now than Jordan Spieth was when he because like his first Masters was pretty good too I might I believe and then he yeah. won his second one. Do you think he's more of a talent than Jordan Spieth is, or do you think and 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 take out what Jordan Spieth had you know for a few years recently, which was bad, and now he's let's just face it, he is back. I, I think I think gun to my head, I say no. Only because if I'm looking at the total package, um, he's not as good of a putter as the Jordan's. putting is going to worry me a little bit. He's already long putter, weird grip. I know he's tinkered with it, struggled with it in the past, um, which means there's issues there. And and I guess I give some weight to the where Jordan, like Jordan's pedigree, I guess coming coming to the PGA Tour, like. He was a star coming, right? Like, whereas Al Torres just kind of, I mean, he did have obviously a meteoric rise up the world golf ranking deal, but it just didn't, you just didn't feel like, okay, he's in college. You're waiting for him to get out of college to come here and bust out. Like, he just kind of, so I'm going to say raw talent. I think I would give an edge to Jordan there. But I agree. I do think, I think Willie Z could have. Willie end Z up having scared. a better career. He ain't scared of nothing. Oh, really? That's no, a I love his statement. attitude. I mean, Jordan's got three majors right now. That's yeah. uh, or, he's still young. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. the Masters was good. There's a lot of places you can go and get full recaps of the Masters. Now we're here for. We're gonna keep it moving. Keep going. Get on. Let's get on with the DraftKings picks here, Pat. Let's talk about RBC Heritage. Um, like I said, an exciting event. I'm geared up for it. It's a place a lot of these players love to come and play. You and I have both played Harbor Town a couple of times. I played it, I think, actually, we played it last summer. We played it. Uh, yeah, we just played it last summer. We played it last summer. I played it the summer before that when I played from the tips, and Kiz, Kisner bet me that I wouldn't break uh, 85 from the tips, and I didn't. I shot 86. Um, we're both very familiar with the golf course. So talk to us about it. What do you think the key stats are to playing well? Let's hear about Harbor Town. Yeah, so Harbortown Golf Links, it is a great Pete Dye design playing uh, just over 7,100 yards. It is a par 71, which is a little bit unusual on tour. Uh, we don't always see that every week. We got 136 players 
in the field this year. Uh, T65 and ties will make the cut. You've got Bermuda grass from T to green. Now, I'll talk about this course is, it is an interesting layout. you got very narrow fairways, very tight tree-lined holes with some small greens. And when I say tree-lined, I mean tree-lined. Like, I yeah. think the first hole when I played here, I hit Real. it left side of the fairway, Jail. and I'm like, okay, this is decent, and I'm totally blocked out by a tree that is right in my way. So yeah. it's not only about hitting these fairways, but also hitting them in the right spots. You have to be able to control your ball off the tee. That means maybe, you know, not taking driver, you know, just you've got to put them in the right spots. You can't just bomb it down and hit a fairway and think you're going to have a great shot because you don't always do have that here on this course um you know and 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 certainly like if you've got corners that you can cut and things like that you know you can't do that here the longer hitters really don't have that much of an advantage and we've seen that you know year in and year out when you look at the winners that i'll talk about here um and and these you know the greens they're pure bermuda um they should get them relatively quick i do think the course is going to play pretty firm pretty fast this week a lot different you know kind of like we talked about last week it's going to play a lot different than it did in june last year you got to remember you know there was a pandemic there was a break and they played this 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 tournament in june and webb won at 22 under okay that's 10 shots on average better than what the what the average was before that you had ct pan in 2019 at 12 under so uh satoshi kadara 12 under you know, Wesley Bryan, 13 under before that, and then Brandon Grace at nine under. So that, I think, is what you're going to see. You know, sort of that 10 to 13 under range is going to win it this year. It's not going to be 22 under like we saw uh, with Webb last year, where it was much softer, much different conditions in June. Um, so for as far as stats, this is a ball strikers course. This is all about approach to these small greens. You got to hit them in the right spots. I do think good drives gained is a stat that I might look at from Fantasy National. Uh, and then I am going to look at scrambling uh, also for these guys that do miss the, you know, miss these small greens. You know, can they get up and down? So that'll be, I think, something that's just an outlier stat, not one of my most important ones. But if you're looking at the most important stat, it literally is strokes gain approach and ball striking. You know, maybe greens and regulation if you want to look at that. But that is the most important thing on this course. So. Weather looks pretty dry until we get to the uh, get to the weekend. We might have a little bit of rain um, and some wind is going to kick up. It looks like uh, early in the week, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, did there you, you just, go, DB? Did you just inject uh, a little weather wise into your course? Breakdown? I did. I did inject weather wise because I haven't been able to do it in a while, and I feel like. Yeah. I needed to do some weather-wise. It's Heritage Week. Man, for the new listeners, when we first started this six years ago, for the first like two or three years, every single tournament previews, at some point, Pat would say, and weather-wise, uh, it's looking like it's going to be windy and blah, blah, blah. Weather-wise, it was amazing. We should have had shirts made. But we, we eventually cut the weather preview out because it's Monday and it's going to change. But agree with you, wind is the key to scoring here at Harbortown. When you see, you know, when you see scores of 12 under, 13 under, 18 under from Jim Furyk back in 2015, those are normally, uh, you know, not weeks where the scoring or the, the wind was really bad. It's always going to be a little something out there because you're right there on the water. But, um, you know, years like nine under when Brendan Grace won, 
nine under when Graham McDowell won. Maybe it's kicking up a little more. So definitely something to pay attention to. That's that's a big defense for this golf course. But yeah, I completely agree with you. You gotta you gotta put the ball in the fairway off the off the tee. And a lot of guys that are long are not going to hit a lot of drivers. Four drivers, five drivers at the most on this golf course. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I was thinking about it. I'm not. I mean, I probably hit it two. If I'm on average, I'm probably two eighty five, two ninety. If I, if I catch one good, I'm over 300, and I don't think I hit more than four or five drivers, which p- part of that's because I'm also wild off the tee. But it, it was very comfy for me to hit my little two iron that I love uh, off a lot of these tees, even from the back tees, um, and still be just fine. So it's going to be you know, a lot of irons off the tee, a lot of you know, um, hybrids, woods, whatever, uh, off the tee, and then a lot of wedges. Um, and To me, I do think scrambling is important. These are small greens. Uh, so, yeah. you know, even though you're coming in them, you know, you're coming into them with some wedges or whatever, I, you're going to miss them out here. You are Pete die because it's not even just that they're small. It's that you have to land them in a certain spot or they're going to, they're going to roll off and feed down. So you do have to scramble here for sure. So I, I, I'm waiting strokes gain approach scrambling. I'm looking at fairways gained on fantasy national. That's the stat I'm looking for. Uh, I want really accurate players off the tee. Uh, the Bermuda's def- the Bermuda putting is definitely a thing. There's some POA overseed in it this time of year, but most of the players we talk to will still tell you it, it still has, is this, grainy Bermuda. It, it's grainy. This is not, yes, it is. And, and you know, I do know that we're, we're seeing comments already here in the chat. Look, we live in a warm climate where DB and I are, and I live literally 45 minutes uh, and closer by boat from Hilton Head. Uh, I have played golf recently. The Bermuda is definitely coming up okay so don't be thinking about these overseeded and don't get all don't get all wrapped up in that okay they're gonna putt like bermuda greens that is definitely sure yeah one of the things i I thought about too is if you look here there's been a lot of there's been plenty of guys that have sucked at augusta the week before and and won graham mcdowell jim furick and brendan grace all guys who missed the cut at augusta the week before came to harbor town and pulled out a victory uh, Satoshi Kadira and Matt Kuchar played Augusta the week before. Kadira shot, uh, Kadira finished 28th. Kuchar finished fifth and then went on to win at Augusta. I mean, 28th in a 90 man field isn't amazing. Fifth certainly is. Um, and then in terms of like first time winners, we don't have many of those. Kadira and Wesley Bryan both won in their debut at this place. I do think Harbor Town requires some local knowledge. Just understanding where Pete Dye wants you to set it up off the tee. Uh, you know, and, and how to attack these greens. I do think a little experience around here goes a long way. So, um, yeah, I agree. That's that. All right. Uh, before we get into the picks, Pat, uh, we got a we got a new a new friend to tell some to tell our friends about, and it's but you know we got Ooh, a, a new friend. Yeah, we got a lot of listeners out there. They got they got shitty yards. You know, their yards are they shitty. They got some messed up yards. Man, yeah, they got yards with darn crab grass and lobster grass, and they got yards with all kind of bugs and stuff in it, and their grass is just struggling. And it's the time of year where you need your grass popping. You need it ready to go. It's a, it's a problem. I get it. And maybe you got brown spots. You know, you got bare spots, weeds that you keep pulling up, keep coming back. And the tour junkies care about your lawn. We really do. We care about your grass. We care about your, your, your soil. You know, we really do. We care about everything about you. And um, so our friends at Sunday, they're, they're fantastic. Sunday Lawn, they take out all the guesswork and all the unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful 
a beautiful patch of grass in your lawn. Have some, have some grass. Take some pride in your grass. You know, some of y'all need to take some pride in your grass. You, you know, some of y'all, like, you need to take some pride in what you wear. You know, some of you wearing socks with sandals. You know, you probably got a crappy yard, you know? So don't do that. Have some pride in your yard. And it's better, and, you know, all the unwanted chemicals make it better for you and your pets and all that kind of stuff. Pat, you have the Sunday lawn care uh, system. Talk to us a little bit about what you got and, uh, and just well, how beautiful it is. I got a lot of things. A lot of things involve chemicals and stuff that you probably shouldn't do anything. Don't drink them or anything. You got to spread them out on your lawn, but they are good. They're good chemicals. And uh, let me tell you one chemical that I got. It's called dandelion doom. Okay, so you throw that you throw that stuff on oh, the dandelion. dandelion ain't got a chance. And a dandelion ain't got a chance. I know that looks like a pretty weed, but you know what? It's not in your grass. Nobody wants to drive by your grass with a bunch of dandelions. Be a dandy flying kitten. Around. Be a dandy kitten. Yeah, you need you need some doom, some dandelion doom. Yeah. It's good stuff. But look, it's so easy to order. You go on there, and they can, and they they customize it to your house. Like you put in your address and they've got some secret photo of your address with your grass and you can even see your bad patches of grass in the photo. And you're like, dang, I can't even believe that they got a photo that good from the sky of how bad my grass looks. But they do that and uh, they, they customize it to your lawn, which is fantastic. That's what I'm working on right now. I'm in the early stages. I'm in the early stages, yeah. but I'm already seeing some results. And it is, we've seen some ch- YouTube chats. It is pet friendly. So it is pet friendly. So you just go to sunday.com, get sunday.com, put in your home address. Their free lawn analysis tool takes care of everything else. You're done in seconds. And Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan. So you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing that it does not. So here's what you got to do. Let's take. Uh, let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash Tour Junkies, and you get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That is $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Tour Junkies. Pet friendly and pat friendly, too. That's what Christopher Baker just said in the chat. That's right. Listen, if it's so easy, Pat can order it, and he did order it. He had to go and order it. You know, if it's so easy, Pat can order it and apply it, then, you know, it's good for your, your dog to eat some grass and be okay, you know? Um, and then, and you still have a great... I got, I got a literal, hey, look, for all you animal people that are worried about that, I have a zoo in my house, I feel like. Yeah. And they are fine on this grass. Um, all right, let's get to the picks, Pat. Let's take a look at the uh, 9K and above range on DraftKings. We're going to give you three GPP plays and one name to fade. Uh, Mr. Dustin Johnson leading off the range here to $11,600, fresh off his missed cut at the Masters, and, and playing a Sunday round at Champions Retreat, I might add. Um, by the way, you win the Nut Hut contest in the summer, and you could come play Champions Retreat with us, just like Dustin Johnson. Uh, but that price range all the way from 11.6 with DJ down to Sung J M at 9,000. A bunch of studs in between. Like I said, really strong field. Really fun to see this, uh, this solid field here at Harbor Town for the Heritage. Pat, uh, I'll kick it to you first. What are you going to do Ooh. with Ooh. some of these names uh, here at the top? Well, you know what? I am going to fade DJ again. Now, he's not my official fade, but okay. I do think I'm going to, you know, we I get this question in the nut hut because we won't get into it. But um, I'm going to start with Patrick Cantlay. 
at 10-9. He will be my play this week. I love him this week. Look, you talked about some guys that maybe didn't do that well at the Masters playing well at uh, at the Heritage. Well, he hasn't done well at the Masters and at the Players' Championship before that. He's missed both cuts. Uh, so he's coming in here not in really good form, but he has great course history here. He's played here three times, has two third-place finishes, a T7 in 2018. He did not play last year, um, but I love Patrick Cantlay for this course. I, I think he, you know, maybe you want you want to say something here. Finish your you? thought. I do want to interject when you're done. Okay, um, I, you know, I think maybe we'll get a little bit lower ownership from him because of the the form. But you look at look, his game is perfect for here. He's top ten in the field in ball striking, top thirty in strokes gained approach, six in scrambling. He's twelfth in greens and regulation. The only question mark you may have is this putting on Bermuda. But you know what? I still think this is a good course for him. I like the price at 10-9. I'm okay with that. So I will play Patrick Cantlay as my favorite GPP in this category. What, what were you going to add there? I am definitely interested to see how he turns out in terms of ownership for DFS. But I, I did some digging because I, I was drawn to him as well. I had, a, I had him in the Masters. Him and Jason Day really kept me from having a massive week. Uh, last week, I, I had plenty of him, and he sucked. He really sucked. So I went to the master site to look at at what he did, and they don't have great statistics, no strokes gain data. But uh, I I was interested to see that he actually came out slightly ahead of the field average in greens and regulation. He was sixty three percent. The field average was sixty one. Uh, then I was like, well, did he spray the ball off the tee? No, actually, um, he was seventy five percent. He hit seventy five percent of his fairways versus sixty eight percent for the rest of the field. He didn't scramble that great and he didn't and he he putted much worse than the field. So it was definitely the short game that got him in trouble. I was also happy to see greens and regulation numbers went pretty high up the second day. Now obviously weather or the, the course played tougher on round 1 uh in round 1, but he went from 55% greens and reg to 72% uh greens and reg when the field was only 63% greens and reg on round 2. So he improved on round 2. And again, it was mostly short game that got him in trouble, but he, he's got a great record here too. One of the things I looked at is strokes gain ball, uh, ball striking. So off the tee and approach at Harbor Town since 2016 is what I looked at. He is third in this field in that category with 12 rounds measured. So he obviously loves Harbor Town. This does suit up great for him. It will be interesting to see if he truly comes in under the radar. I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm not convinced that he will, but I, I still think, it, you know, who knows? We might get a little bit of uh, an ownership uh, advantage, but but I don't know. Uh, next, I'm going with Colin Morikawa at 10-5. Um, I, I just think this is another course that is perfect for his game and his skill set. Uh, we know he's a great ball striker. He's second in the field. He's first in the field in strokes gain approach. Second in good drives gained, which was a stat I mentioned earlier. Second in greens and regulation. Now, putting is always an issue for Morikawa. Um, he is 106th in the field in putting on Bermuda. I do think it's a obviously a reduced sample size because he hasn't been on tour that long, and I, I went pretty long as far as uh, the sample size there for him. But still, this is a great course for Morikawa, and, and I like him this week. Uh, and then I'm going to go down to the bottom with Matthew Fitzpatrick at 9,100, another guy who has shown very good course history here. Uh, you look at his last three times playing, he was top 15 in 2018. T4 or T39 in 2019, but then another top 14 last year. 
We've seen him play very well good, uh, lately. He's been in gr- good recent form. Checks the box in ball striking, driving accuracy, scrambling. His putting has been really good on Bermuda. He's number two in the field putting on Bermuda. So I like Matthew Fitzpatrick at 9,100. And then my fade, I just don't, I cannot see myself playing a Cam Smith at 10-2. And I love Cam. And I love what he, like, I mean, he was Ben's chalk bomb last week. I wasn't so sure about that. Um, but I just, Poor I don't know Poor about him playing him at 10-2. He's missed the last two cuts here. Doesn't really have a great finish in the last five years that he's played here. Um, he certainly checks a few box. I mean, like scrambling, like if he misses a bunch of greens, which it looks like he might do. He's not really like that good on approach and ball striking right now. His putting on Bermuda isn't very good. Driving isn't great. So I, I think Cam Smith at 10 2 is a, is a pretty confident fade for me this week. Well, my fade was Cam Smith. He's 123rd in fairways gained over the last 24 rounds, 51st in strokes gained approach. And in 12 rounds at Harbortown, he's 68th in ball striking. Um, all the above. I couldn't agree more. I think, and I think the other thing is I saw. Initially, I just saw the price, and I was like, "Whoa! Why, why would I pay? Why would I pay three hundred dollars? I mean, just three hundred dollars less when I could go ahead and pay up and get Morikawa, like, or you know, a lot of other guys here in this Nike. I just don't like the value on Camp Smith whatsoever. But then, yeah. the, the numbers definitely don't check out. Uh, I imagine he will be pretty low owned because I think a lot of people are going to not bite on Cam Smith there. So this is a first. This hasn't happened in a long time. Maybe not a first, but it hasn't happened in a long time. You literally named every single pick. I had Cantlay. Oh, wow. Interesting. I had Cantlay, Kawa, and Fitz, and I had Cam Smith as my fate. Literally every pick. So I will relinquish some of that time, and I will, I will speak on behalf of someone who can't speak for himself on this podcast. Uh, I'm going to play the role of Ben Little right now, and I'm going to oh, talk oh, about wait. the chalk bomb real quick because I think people need to understand some things about the chalk bomb. Uh, Cam Smith was Mr. Mr. Ben Little's chalk bomb. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ben Little chooses the chalk bomb on his own. Me and Pat decide or, or realize it you know, when he writes it up. Okay, When it comes out, pretty much. Now, when, he's, when the chalk bomb is, is not good, we, uh, or, or when the chalk bomb plays great, it's all Ben's fault. When the chalk bomb sucks, it had everything to do with me and, me and Pat. Uh, but uh, I will say this, we had a listener or a subscriber, which is very funny to me. We had a subscriber unsubscribe from the Chalk Bomb email on Thursday or Friday, I think. It was either Thursday or Friday. I know he had not made it to the weekend. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yes, 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 you did, because I sent it to you. And the, for the, the re- Oh, yeah, you did. The reason for the unsubscribe just said Cam Smith. <laughs> That's all it said. <laughs> Which, first of all, is a pretty electric unsubscription or unsubscribe move. I've t- mad respect. It made me laugh. Uh, but let me say this: it's also stupid. Okay, if you have if you have read one chalk bomb email, then this is what you know you're gonna get. You are going to get some fantastic course knowledge breakdown information that you don't get from this show and you don't get from our website. Ben is very sharp, okay? Ben is very, very sharp, very smart, very analytical, way more analytical than us, uh, data-driven guy. Like, you're going to get a great, concise breakdown of the course. Then you're going to get 
at least three incredible head-to-head matchups where Ben looks at these matchups, but he doesn't just say, I like this one, and this is why. He says, Take, pay attention to this line. And, this, and you got this guy over here who's a favorite, but he's $300 cheaper on DraftKings. And this is why this is weird. And he goes into a great analysis on like what the matchup, what the head-to-head line tells you about DFS uh, and what, how you could use it. And it's just great. It's great information if you're deciding between a couple of those players. That's usually what he'll, he'll lean on as well. He'll talk about maybe a reason why he would bet one side of the matchup but play the opposite in DFS. It's great analysis. Then you get pontificate with Pat, which we've talked ad nauseum, is very funny, entertaining. But the chalk bomb in and of itself is the riskiest piece of content anyone in this f***ing business puts out. Because you are literally saying, I'm going to pick a big name and give you 10 reasons why you should fade him. No one does that. Plenty of people will say, yeah, I think I might fade this guy. I mean, we do it. But Ben goes deep into these are the things that statistically would tell me that if you were going to fade a high-owned player, here's the one I would fade. There is a reason that they are highly owned, people. There's a reason they're highly owned. They're good players. Like, they're, they're good players, and they likely have win equity, like real win equity. So when you, you know, when Cam Smith finishes 12th at the Masters last week, I think he finished, I think he finished 13th. Um, I think he finished thirteenth in DraftKings scoring. What you know when that happens, like to unsubscribe for that, you're an idiot, and especially to unsubscribe on a Thursday or Friday. I can't tell you how many Neanderthals in the last however many years Ben's been doing this have chirped at us on Twitter or something on a Thursday or Friday, and <laughs> and and then by and then by the time the tournament's over, they look stupid because guess what happened? Like the the player, it's a four round tournament. So, like, if you're chirping or unsubscribing because of one or two rounds of a golf tournament, then you have no business betting or playing DFS anyway. Like, you really don't because you don't understand how golf works. So, it's a risky piece of content. Ben knows what the hell he's doing. By the way, Ben was a critical part in me and Pat winning that pool money that we talked about with no Cam Smith, by the way. Um, Yeah. It's not like, yeah. And you have to understand what is a win for the chalk bomb. A win for the chalk bomb doesn't mean they have to miss the cut. Like, it just means, like, okay, if they were 20% owned at this price, and they did, did they really return the value that they needed to return in order for it to be a worthy play? That still may mean they finished 20th. It just depends on who it is, right? It still may mean they finished 20th, but you look at it and go, yeah, that didn't cost me a GPP. That didn't cost me a, you know, a, a nice cash to fade that guy. Very rarely does the chalk, does you not playing the chalk bomb likely mean that you didn't finish in the top, you know, five lineups in whatever GPP you're playing. And and if you're playing GPPs, that's why you're playing them. So give it a break. Go to tourjunkies.com, scroll to the bottom right of any page, put your email in there, and get a free freaking piece of content that will make you smarter and a better DFS player and better. It's called the chalk bomb. Comes out every Wednesday, most every Wednesday. It's it's great stuff. God. All right. I, I, that kind of went into like a putter throw mode. I'm sorry if it got a little. Yeah, that's we gotta good move though. On. I mean, I gave you, I gave you the time for that by uh, picking all yeah. the same players. So then you have to start the AK range, even though you just spent a you spent a lot of. Unless you want me to start, and we'll see if this happens again. <laughs> no, I'll start. This is a player that yeah. I'm sure is going to get a long, hard look from Ben to be the chalk bomb, and it's Abraham answer. But I can't. I'm going to play him. I, I said it last week about Corey Connors. I said Corey Connors is is so cheap 
it, it's tough to turn down. It's tough to turn down the chalk because he's, you get so much salary relief. I, I feel like answer sets up so perfect for Harbortown. Absolutely perfect. And at 8,900, he finished runner up here in 2020. Missed the cut his first time out in 2019 when it was played in April. Um, but I just, when I look at Harbortown, I think of Abe Answer's game. It, I think it's a perfect place. Um, he's got three solid finishes in a row. The players, uh, 22nd, 23rd at Valero, 26th last week at Augusta. He checks all the boxes. Um, so Abe Answer, 8,900, I will play a lot of. I do think he's going to be one of the top three most popular players in this field, if not the most popular, but I love him. One player who I think may go under the radar, and so maybe I counteract a little bit of that ownership here, is at 8,100. I think I'm going to take the risk in tournaments with Kevin Na. I liked how he... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. He, he played, uh, played well at Augusta National, finished T12 after coming off the withdrawal of the players when he had a rough first round, and I think he just wanted to mail it in. I don't know why. I don't understand it, but he did. Another guy who, when you look at this place, you think, this, this is a Kevin Na type of golf course. It's a grinder kind of golf course. Be accurate. Um, hit solid iron shots. Make some putts. That's what Kevin Na does. He didn't play here in 2020. I don't know why. Obviously, it was like the second event of the restart in June. Maybe it was COVID-related. But maybe he chose not to because he's like, nah, that's going to be a different Harbor Town. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe not. But he finished 10th in 2019, 4th in 2016. He's got a great you know, history here. Uh, and ball striking wise, uh, he's been pretty pretty solid here as well. So I think Kevin Nod, number one in strokes gain around the green as well, in the last 24 rounds. I think I'm going to get a little relief from Kevin Na uh, that maybe will help me counteract the Abe Answer stuff. The fade is Billy Ho. It's Billy Ho. I, I don't mm. know how Billy Ho. Mr. Aggression himself. I don't know how Billy Ho won the WGC. His irons feel like they have sucked for months. I am not sure who. He has nudie pictures of at the WGC Dell match play that caused that to happen, but it did. And I know in the final match, I think he only he only made one birdie and it was a chip in. So his irons suck. He's 93rd in approach play over the last 24 rounds, 86th in around the green play last 24 rounds. Those are the two most important stats to me, hands down for this week. And then the the Augusta National karma for the temper tantrum likely will not play well for nah. him. He did apologize today on Twitter. Props to him. Billy Ho's, you know, he's a, a friend of the Tour Junkies. He's been on the show. He's, an, he's been nice to us, been nothing but nice to us. But it was a tough look at Augusta. He apologized. I don't, I don't see it happening, so I'm out. Yeah. Well, I'll make that one quick. He was also my fade this week. So, uh, Billy Ho, uh, I'm with you there for him uh, as the fade. And then I will start uh, with my GPP plays with Brian Harmon at 8,700. I like him here. Look. Um, he's been playing really well. You know, he had a T12 last week at the Masters, was T3rd at the Players right before that. Um, he's, you know, from right down the street here in Savannah from Hilton Head, so not very far. Um, I think, you know, Harmon has a perfect game for this course. Uh, you look at the ball striking, you look at the scrambling. Um, you know, I, I feel like he should probably putt better than he does on Bermuda, but he's not bad. He's still 31st in the field in putting on Bermuda and has a pretty good course history here as well. When you look at his, uh, you know, he's played here five straight years. He's got a top 10 in 2017, the 23rd in 2018, and then a T28 last year. So with the way he's playing right now and everything else, I think at 8,700, I like Brian Harmon. And then I'm going to drop down to Shane Lowry at 8,500. 
Another guy that I think this course fits well, he did have a T3 finish here a couple years ago. Uh, you know, you look at the stats for him, you know, great ball striker, 32nd in the field there. He's third in the field in scrambling. He's 20th in the field in greens and regulation. Pretty good driver of the ball as well. Uh, so I think Shane Lowry makes a lot of sense here at 8,500. He will be my last GPP play for the 8K range. Who's your fade? I already said it. Oh, I checked out. Who was it? It was Billy Ho. Oh, I was with Billy. you on Billy oh. Ho. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's look at this. Let's take a look at this 7K range, Pat. It starts uh, with our sweet, sweet prince, Siwoo Kim at 7,900. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got some great names in this range. Charlie Hoffman, who everybody's excited to see again, of course. Kiz, our boy, loves, loves Harbor Town. Um, my... My man crush, Cam Davis at 7,400. Emiliano Grillo, 7,300. Some nice names in here. Uh, definitely loved seeing Siwoo Kim uh, bend his putter to the point of splintering at Augusta. It just made me he, so he was, happy. Huh. It was electric watching him. Everything is electric about him. Everything. I love, I love Siwoo so much. I, so, and we immediately, when there it are, happened, what? Yes. I was just going to say, there, there's just very few players. On, well, there are a lot of players on tour I'd want to play a golf round with. But Siwoo is in my literal like, top three. I, I, I tweeted after it happened. I said, okay, new answer to Dream Foursome is Siwoo and both his parents. Because I just want to talk to the two people that created such offspring and get to know them a little better as well. I... I was electrified by seeing him putt with a three wood and standing as far away from it as you probably would to hit a three wood, which was kind of weird, but everything about him is fantastic. Uh, he's, he's a fan favorite. Immediately we're texting with Fleener and those guys and Fleener's going, I can't wait to get the details on that, uh, which we haven't heard back from, but we'll communicate those to you as soon as we do. But anyway, um, Siwoo's come close to winning this golf tournament here. He's obviously a Pete Dye fan. We've we've seen that in the past. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to go here, though, Pat. So many different ways to go. Um, three GPP plays and a fade. I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be a, a homer and go Kisner at 7,700. There's a lot of names in here, like I said, that I like. Kisner's one of them at 77. I just know how much he loves this golf course, and I know how much he looks forward to it, and I know that when he looks at his calendar, he looks at, at this tournament and thinks, this is one that I know I can win. And, um, you know, had a good day on Thursday at the National, ended up shooting even par, which is tough to do uh, on Thursday. Tough day on Friday for him, not so good. But ball striking here at uh, at Harbor Town has been fantastic. He's got 18 logged rounds here since 2016. He's top 25 in ball striking. Um, he's an, as accurate as they come. Hits it dick straight. Fairways gained are fantastic. Totally buying the buying the Kisner bandwagon at 7,700. Then I'm going to go with Kevin Streelman at 7,300. A- another just you know you kind of you kind of see the profile of player that we're talking about here. When we're picking names here, super accurate guys. Uh, he's 20th in strokes gained approach, 12th in fairways gained over the last 24 rounds here, and he is 16th in this field in strokes gained ball striking at Harbor Town, and that is with 10 measured rounds since 2016. And Shrillman's been playing good. I mean, 36th at the Honda, 
Uh, did miss the cut at the players. That's a that's a big boy tournament. That's a big boy tournament. We'll let him pass on that. Thirteenth at AT and T Pebble Beach earlier. I don't know. I'm believing in I'm believing in uh, in old Streels a little bit at seventy three. I'm trying to give the people a little price price break. Uh, and then I'm going to go. One of my favorite plays is actually Adam Hadwin at seventy one hundred. The mm. Canadian. 7,100 coming off uh, T23 at the Valero, T8 at the Honda, T29 at the Players, top 20 or T26 at the Genesis, 18th at the Farmers. He's had a solid year, solid 2021, uh, gaining strokes everywhere but his irons, which is a little annoying, but I mean, he's got an incredible short game, but as bad as his irons have been lately, since 2016, he is 13th in strokes gained ball striking at Harbortown, definitely a Harbortown fan. And I think you'll get super low ownership. And obviously, you save some money at 7,100 with Adam Hadwin. My fade is going to be Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace is now in the category of player I can't get right. He's in there with names like, uh, uh, like uh, who? Um, Gary Woodland, I don't typically get right sometimes. There's just a handful of guys that, oh, Scotty Scheffler is one. I can't get, I can't get him right. Matt Wallace is in that group for me. In the last 24 rounds, 74th in fairways gained, 64th in strokes gained around the green. He's got six rounds logged here at Harbortown, and he is 85th in ball striking in those six rounds with a missed cut and a T64. I think he's just here because he doesn't, he does, he's going to stick around for the PGA. He's not going to go back to Europe. He's not going to go back to wherever. He's sticking around the States for the, for the, until the PGA or whatever, and then he's going he's gonna to move on. I don't know that he probably loves this golf course. It may not suit him very well, and he's getting some hype lately with some solid play, so I'm out and on Matt Wallace. Okay, all right. Well, this will make it interesting. Maybe we could throw a bet here, but Ooh. I actually have Matt Wallace as a GPP play this week. Um, now, look, personally, not a big fan of Matt Wallace. He kind of drives me crazy. I just don't really like his attitude, but I do think this is, I, you know, he hasn't played well here. Kinda, he's played here twice. Yeah. Miss a, or miss a cut his first year did make the cut last year but i do think he does have a game that can uh that can fare well on this course um so and i do like his recent form i mean you look at where he, what he's done i mean t34 last week at the masters third at the valero uh did miss the cut at the honda but then had a top 20 at um the honor palmer which was on a very difficult course um so i like i like some matt wallace this week um now, you're right. I mean, the driving is a little bit of a concern, but his ball striking and approach is really good. I mean, you look at the last 24 rounds, he's 14th in the field in ball striking. He is 11th in strokes gained approach. Uh, so I do think he could make for a good play this week. So we'll see. Maybe. Uh, I just don't think. Well, he, obviously, one of us. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, obviously, he doesn't strike it well here, he's, at least in the six rounds, which is, I know is a small sample size, but. Um, I think having to scale it back off the tee a little bit is tough for him here, which obviously is going gonna, is gonna to make it harder for his approach, his, his good iron play to pay off for him. And he's just a, he's a twat waffle is what he is. So hard, well, look, hard to get with him. If you make all, I'll just say this. If you make all of your DFS plays whether, on whether or not you like somebody or not, yeah, true. Uh, you, you're probably going to have some problems with this. Hey. But. By if the way, you want to, if you want to do it that way, that's fine. You can do it that way. I, I don't. I don't mind. There's a lot of guys that I don't like that I never play. So I'm not going to hate you for that. Um, next play also at 7,500 though. I do love some Chris Kirk. He is another guy that I think this cor- course is perfect for. Yes, great ball striker, great on approach. Um, you know he 
he grew up around this area and grew up in this, you know, playing these type greens. Uh, he's top 10 in the, in the field in strokes gained around the green. He's top 10 in good drives gained. So I do like some Chris Kirk. We've seen him be, you know, be in very good form lately. I think this is a perfect course fit for him. So I like Chris Kirk at 7,500. And then I'm dropping down another guy, kind of like Chris Kirk, as far as uh, just being, uh, you know, he's a South Carolina guy. Um, not, the, not the Kirk's a South Carolina guy. He's a, he's a Georgia guy, but Lucas Glover. Ooh. Lucas Glover is 7,100. Can't putt worth a lick, but you know what? Did you almost, he should be able to play. Did you almost break out into a Lucas Glover uh, jingle there for a little ditty? I had a song that came to mind. Oh, but man, then and stopped. then it got suppressed? It got suppressed. Oh, man, I've never but seen look, that. But look, Lucas Glover has been actually playing really well lately. We know he is a fantastic ball striker. Um, you, you look at his recent results. I mean, it ain't all that bad, okay? I mean, he was... Uh, Hang on. As you're pulling it up, yeah. As I'm pulling it up, because I, I lost my place on uh, on where I was, um, and I went too far. Now you're stalling. Here. Now he's stalling. Down, I'm talking. Text I'm stalling. I'm stalling. Okay, fourth. He was fourth at the Valero Texas Open. He was T19 at the Honda Classic, T48 at the Players, T66 at the Arnold Palmer. I mean, the guy's been playing well recently. Okay. Now, is he going to win? No, he's not going to win. But you know what? I think he's got a lot of potential at 7,100. I like him, especially because of his form. I think this is a good course for him. And then my fade's going to be McIntyre. Yes. And you know yeah. I like Robert McIntyre, but this is not a course for him. Not for okay? him. He is a bomber. He's not. This Aggressive. Is just, this is not a good course fit. First time playing Not a great course. iron player. Yeah. Don't. Don't be fooled by playing some Bobby Mack this week. I think that is a bad play. I will fade him. So there. Um. I speaking of Chris Kirk, I'm glad you mentioned him. If I were going to do a cash lineup, I would start it with Fitzpatrick, Abraham Answer, and Chris Kirk. That that would be my cash lineup. We try to get to that every week, but we forget. That's how I would start it. Uh, and speaking of Abraham Answer, shout out to uh, his former caddy, hopefully coming back, Dale Trail. He sent me this sweet hat. It's the Dog Father. If you don't know. Dale Valelli, yeah. uh, Abe Answers caddy. Why didn't you give him my address so I I'd, could get a hat? I like did that. give him your address, but he sent it all to me. So I will give it to you this weekend when I see you. Uh, but you did not get a dogfather hat. You got something different. So anyway, Dale Valelli is Abe Answers' former caddy. He's Canadian and he's having problems getting back into the country. So he's not currently on Abe's bag, but hopefully he will be soon. You can support Dale Valelli. Uh, check out his. Uh, he's a, all he does is eat hot dogs. Literally, that's all the man eats. He's a grown ass yeah, man. Loves all he eats dogs. is hot dogs and bacon. And bacon. We interviewed Dale. If you you can go back on YouTube or you can go back in the Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever, listen to it. Fantastic interview. Super funny guy. All right. Um, do you have any thoughts on how you would start a cash lineup, Pat? Well, I was going to say that if I was look were looking at cash plays, Kirk was definitely going to be one of them. I think he is a great cash play. Uh, I think Fitzy is another cash play that I would look at. Um, those are two guys that I think are just solid that you can just throw in there. And if you're, uh, so if agreement you're starting there. a cash lineup. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I said Fitz and Kirk and answer. So I'm not really as sold on answer as you are, but that's mm. okay. Interessante. All right. Six K range. Let's wrap it up with, uh, with the scrubs. Who do we like? Who are we going with in the six K? Well, I love some Matthew Naismith. Yeah. At 6, he He's another guy. 
It's been in great recent form. Well, good recent form. We're talking about 6K guys, so I can't really say great. But he is has finished T34 at the Valero, T36 at the Honda. Uh, this is a you know another South Carolina kid. Went to the University of South Carolina. Those Gamecocks, Matthew Naismith. But look, you look at the stats. Also, I mean, he is uh, he's yeah. checking boxes there. I mean, you look at um, great iron player. He's top top ten in the field in both ball striking and strokes gained approach. Fourth in good drives gained, fourth in greens and regulation. So I love some Matt, Matthew Naismith at sixty nine hundred. Actually, if you if if you run a model of the stats that I like, he's actually number one in that model. Uh, um, he is number one in mine as well. So that's probably pretty good. Now another guy that's not been in great form, but I do think this is another this is a good fit for him, and that's Hendrick Norlander. He's there at mm. sixty seven hundred. He's another guy, mm. you know. He is. Uh, look, I don't like the form. I think he's missed his last yeah, three man. cuts. Um, but twentieth in ball striking, seventeenth in strokes gained approach, twenty fifth. He's a good driver of the golf ball. We've played with him. We've seen him. You know, he can he can put it in the right spots off the tees here. So I, I just feel like this is a good course for him. That that's he the thing about play well. Yeah, that's the thing about him. Like despite the horrible form, his approach play. Fairways gain numbers are still fantastic. He has been so bad around the green, and uh, and his putter has been his putting has yeah. been super bad. I, I do. I think the smaller greens could help him with the putter because he is, he's not doing as much lag putting. You know, I mean, if he hits his spots like he normally does, he's maybe not doing as much lag putting, and and you eliminate some of the three putts, but. It's interesting. I mean, his ball striking is tailor-made for this place. Yeah, I, I agree. My favorite play, though, in this range, by far, at 6,500, is Patton Kazire. Yeah. I mean, Patton Kazire has made his last 13 of 15 cuts, okay? Before his missed cut recently at the Honda, he made 12 straight cuts. That's pretty damn good for a guy at 6,500, okay? He has, uh, you know, he's made the cut three of the last five years here, including a T14 in 2016. He's top 40 in the field in ball striking, approach, greens and regulation. He's top 20. And he's also top 10 in the field in putting on Bermuda if you give it a large sample size over 100 rounds. So there are a ton of reasons to pay play Patton Kazire at 6,500. I love him this week. I think he's a great play, and he is my favorite play here. Yeah, the Bermuda the Bermuda play out of him is fantastic. He also, according to Fantasy National, gains strokes in the wind if the wind kicks up. Um, I, I think the Patton play is very nice for sure. I think there's a lot of value there. So that's it for you? Yeah, that's it okay. for me. A lot of agreement on this podcast. A lot of agreement. Love the Naismith call. Love the Kazire call. Um, I'll give you a few that I think are going to be a little more off the radar. I think both those are going to be popular. I think, I think it could be time here to jump on the Doc Redmond train again. And I know that's, mm. he's been playing very, very poorly. Uh, but I was, I was happy to see him. Finally, he made a cut again. Um, recently i think let's see he made a cut uh at the valero finish finishing 44th not great but we saw the irons come back a little bit which is refreshing doc is has said he's, he's an accuracy guy he's a guy who 
you know, he's not going to overpower a golf course. He's, he's fairways and greens is what he's about. And I'm, I'm glad to see the iron play has been good the last two rounds at the players, or last two tournaments for him at the players in the Valero. He's a Clemson boy, South Carolina products. I would think that Harbortown would be a course he's very familiar with, and he, uh, you know, and he would, he would, in, he would look forward to playing. He's played here a couple times. Finished 21st last year in 2020. Finished 50th his first time out in 2018. So I think that's an interesting spot for Doc Redman. And Doc Redman, despite the poor play lately, you know, over the summer and in, and last year, I mean, he he was in contention in a couple of golf tournaments. Like he's been in it down the stretch on a Sunday. So I think if he can, if he's truly back on and now he's comfortable, he, he does give you win equity actually for his first victory here. And then uh, a little bit of me wants to play a guy at 6,300, Scott Piercy. Um, mm. 6,300, known ball striker, okay? V- known ball striker, 16th here in 2018, third in 2019. Played it in 2020, missed the cut. Um, Piercy's very interesting to me. I, I feel like that's another guy at a really cheap price that could give you that, that gives you top five upside. Um, he's an experienced player. I mean, he, he hadn't done anything super flashy lately, but 18th at the RSM in November, which is a f- similar golf course. Uh, 14th at Bermuda in, in the wind, coastal kind of spot. I, I think Piercy can give you, you know, some upside. One more name that's just absolutely banana land name, okay? If you're playing Ooh. in a big old GPP at 6,000. Banana banana land, yes. land pick of a week. Easy for you to say. Uh, at 6,000, yeah. the bare minimum price, Bryson Nimmer, the Clemson Ooh. product. Uh, another Clemson boy, four time first team all ACC. First team All-American his senior year at Clemson. This guy is a legit college golfer um, and, and up-and-coming uh, stud, I think. Bryson Nimmer, he also just played the Puerto Rico Open, which a lot of people wouldn't know. He finished 39th. That's not bad. So it's not like, this is, it's not like he's getting his first taste. But I would imagine he's quite familiar with Harbortown Golf Links. You know, I don't know what his upside is. I think his upside could be maybe a top 30 top 25 maybe this is a strong field this is a very strong field so I, I think that's what we're looking at but again bare minimum price in a big field big gpp bryson nimmer worth a worth a look so there you go pad good stuff that is the DraftKings picks and preview show we're gonna hop over and do the betting preview i've got some other names that i like here in this. i think there's a lot of exciting things going on in the betting market right now because i think this has the potential to be a long shot season kind of event where we could make agree. many many it. dollars on on the dollar so i'm pumped about that check out the betting show also up on youtube and wherever podcasts uh, are found and we appreciate everybody listening thanks for joining in and uh, we'll see you at the uh, at the live show if you want to join us live for the betting show in just a few minutes See ya!